Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and AJ coming at you. Going to be answering some listener questions. For the show today, figured it was a good time to do that as we're kind of not quite ten percent of the way through the season, but you know we're getting there. We're getting there. So yeah, it's also kind of a weird day with uh, Megan off for personal reasons, and Jesse uh, got on an airplane. Yeah, (laughs) uh, got on an airplane about two hours ago to begin his journey to Finland. So yep, we uh, we're just hanging out on a snow day, man. Lots of stuff going on there. Yeah, it did snow technically today. I don't know. It didn't stick in, in my neck of the woods at all. So I don't know. Uh, I don't have any the way that I gauge the snow here uh, since I moved into this place is that if I have some in the window well, then it's real snow. And if Got there's it. not, then it's not real snow. But I mean, first snow of the year, right? And it's like cold and it's still like cold and rainy outside. So for sure, it's definitely it. I'm never a fan of when it gets to freezing temperatures in the evenings and nights, but oh, see, I've had my, I've actually had my window open almost every day, um, even even with it being like 35 degrees, and it's a little too cold, but I do I do find comfort in it. Not looking forward to snow drives into the bar from this place. Put it that way. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not looking forward to having to go back up to Winnipeg for winter again. Yeah. Yeah. There there are some things, man, about that that are not, there's just not, I'm not great, but. (laughs) Well, either way, we're going to be uh, getting into some questions. I I don't think there's any reason to beat around the bush today. Uh, Let's just get to our our main topic of the day. It's the thing everyone wants to hear about. Jean-Luc Foodie. (laughs) <laughs> this is it's funny it's funny how these things go right it goes yep. from zero to a hundred on a guy like booty where when we were talking about guys pushing for roster spots and making the team and getting top six jobs in the ahl uh like foodie was the guy that we always just sort of left out of the conversation yep um one because he's so young yeah right um, the conversation was well he has plenty of time yeah, and and uh, he's he's so young, and and when you compare him to, you know, Ranta and Cout and Bowers and all these guys, right, that have that have been in the system, and uh, even you know now now the how things have gone with Ben Myers and everything. Yep. Um, 
you know, it's just been, it, it was like Foodie was just sort of the guy that we were like, look, we'll see how it goes, but no expectations, no pressure there for for this season because this was supposed to be his first pro year. Yep. Um, it obviously is uh, his third pro year, but. Well, and it uh, looks like it. And, well, and it's it's funny because, like, we're, what, five games into the AHL season? Mm-hmm. And. He's got seven points. Yeah, like Foodie looks great so far, right? But you're talking about five games, and now all of a sudden, like, he's the big shiny, and now everybody's like, "Oh, where does this go? Like, what's the what's the what's the deal here?" And it's like, "Well, wait till game ten at least." <laughs> like, let's let's see how this goes uh, with Foodie, because I will I will say, uh, yeah, Foodie is the one that I joked should have been moved to defense because they didn't have any prospects there um that was not serious by the way i don't want to actually do that um but i i you know with foodie so far like he does look great uh he was great last night uh the obviously the between the legs goal is like fun for sure it's a fun like flashy highlight yeah um but more than anything that's that's a this guy has a ton of confidence thing yep. then like, wow, this guy's so ready for the NHL, you know, like it's, um, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that still has to go into foodies development here. Um, he's yeah. still too much of a perimeter player. He's, uh, he's a guy that really has to figure out how to get inside, uh, inside the home plate area on a consistent basis. Because the way that he, uh, the way that he has utilized his skating for most of his pro career, I think Greg Cronin put it perfectly when he said that he would, it would he would get on the merry-go-round around the zone. Yep. And then that would just be it. And like that, it's great that he could do that. It's great that he has the skating ability and the puck skill to do something like that. It's dangerous. Um. You know, Carol Kaprizov made a highlight real playoff of something like that. I went around the zone three times. <laughs> yeah, people lost their mind over it. It's like Jean-Luc Foudy does this every day. Um, but but the the development of him trying to do that um, versus getting to the to the home plate area and getting in, inside the tougher areas of the ice is a very very important part of his development. It, and, it opens up all of his playmaking to a totally different level. Well, and for what it's worth, I think he's done a decent job of that tonight. I was kind of laughing, yeah. or rather this season so far. I was laughing to myself when I found the picture for the prospect portfolio because I'm going through the Eagles pictures. And every, like, fifth picture is a photo of Foodie getting checked into the opposing team's goalie. Yeah, and he has to – he's got to figure out – if he's willing to take that kind of punishment on a regular basis, because if he is, his game is going to go to another level. And we're kind of, yeah. I mean, early returns this year, obviously are great, but, um, you know, yeah, between there's... his skating and his vision and his playmaking, like the one thing is, a um, you know, if you, if you had watched the, uh, scouting, you know, from, yeah. from our guy, Will Scouch, if you watched his draft report on foodie, the playmaking was very, very high end in the OHL uh, and that his he wasn't on a very good team. And 
Uh, he wasn't on a team that was, you know, because it wasn't very good, didn't finish very many of the opportunities that he created, but he mm-hmm. created such a high volume of them. Yep. It was, he was consistently one of the best and, and highest end playmakers of his draft year, but the shot uh, and and just the lack of dominance in the OHL is what really led to him dropping from late first round prospect to guy that got drafted in the third round. Yeah, it's for me the two other big issues with him besides needing to get off the perimeter, the shot, like you mentioned. Yeah, that shot's just not going to beat NHL goaltenders, uh, at least not very often. And uh, decision making. You mentioned the, the merry go round stuff. He gets caught at times high in the zone, being a little bit too loose with pucks. And it can create some not so good breaks the other way. Yeah, I worry. Uh, I worry about his in zone, his defensive zone stuff. Sure. Um, especially because they've moved him around wing center a lot. Uh, they've really looked like they've found a good spot for him on the right wing. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's 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 the wing where the Avs have like the, the most depth, depth of all depth. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's a you know if that's a where he's best. Break in. Yeah. If that's where he's best, then that's where he's best. But it is kind of like a cock. Can we get one left wing out of this out of this crop? Like, good lord. Um. But no, he uh, his his defensive zone his defensive zone game is still something that I think is a real work in progress. Uh, the the processing I think is there. I think he reads the game well enough. I just don't know that he's very comfortable engaging the way that he needs to. Yeah, look, if you want to be successful defensively in the AB system, just play like Logan O'Connor. The abs won't like if you're out of position. Sometimes they'll live with that if you're playing like a, a psychopath. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So with Foodie, like, look, uh, it's a it's a really good start. It's exciting. It's fun. Um. But there needs there's a lot there's a lot more that that needs to go into it, and I still don't think that he's. Uh, uh, like close to a call up, or yeah, anything. I, like world's best case scenario. I think you're looking at him fighting for a call up at the end of the year, and there's a lot of limitations there on players getting called up at that part of the season. So realistically, yeah, if I things mean... go really well, that's a dude you're looking at next training camp trying to earn a job, and that's like best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, look, like, there's a world where he continues at this point-per-game pace for the next 20 right. games. and it just becomes and, undeniable at a certain point. But, yeah, and, and the Avs haven't really found what they were, re- what they're looking for in the call-ups. They, they're still uncomfortable at the NHL level. Uh, they have enough injuries or, or uh, lack of production, I guess. Um, that they cycle through a few more AHL call-ups, like, I guess, I guess maybe then, you know, I could see that, but, um, I do, I do, like, I hate to be a, the downer all the time, but I would still say we should probably slow the roll for now, but it is a, it is a hot start worth being excited about, like, enjoy that, 
and just hope that it continues. It, it's just the reality. It's the same thing with Nachushkin, right? If you're expecting Nachushkin to be a 100-point player, you're probably overselling it a little you're bit. You're probably setting yourself up for some level yeah. of disappointment along the way. <laughs> exactly. So, not that he's not playing great. Not that he's not a right. really good player, but yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a fair enough parallel to draw to to say, yes, the small sample has gone very well. If it continues up long term, then they're very 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 fortunate. But it's very hard to do that, even in the AHL. The point per game guys, especially yeah. at that age, are not common. Yep. You know, I mean, Miko did it once upon a time. Uh, Last couple of years, we've seen you see one or two guys uh, in the league really do that. Uh, Peltier did it um, yep. with Stockton last year. You saw Jack Quinn in in Rochester, like not not tons of guys do it. Uh, it you know the the HL veterans, you know the Charles Houdons and the Dylan Sakuras and Kiefer Sherwoods of the world. Those guys, yeah, those guys do it every year. Uh, those types of guys, but it's the twenty year olds. Yep, at point per game paces in in the AHL that you don't see too frequently. So, did have a little bit of a follow up question there from Luke from Winnipeg who says, "Is Greg Cronin the right person for developing and coaching the AHL team based on his body of work?" I don't want to spoil this too much because I know we have a piece from Megan coming. Yeah, uh, there'll be a piece. Megan uh, got up there and talked uh, in Loveland with. Greg Cronin and Kevin McDonald about kind of the regime change up there, handing over the um, management from Greg Billington to Kevin McDonald this year, and uh, a lot of good, a lot of really great quotes about how they run everything and the leadership there. So uh, that'll be out probably right after the show is over. Um, so. It'll be out pretty quickly. It's done and ready to go. So um, go give that a show, a read yeah. after the show. It's uh that'll be that'll be a good read and um um you know most of our most of our pieces on the site are um being made free uh right now so um even if you don't have a subscription to the site you should probably keep your eyes out for that one um yeah so I would I I mean is Greg Cronin Cronin I would say Cronin has been the best AHL coach that they've had in a long time um he's gotten the most successful uh the most he's found the most success among their ahl teams they make the playoffs every year making the postseason used to be a really big deal for colorado's ahl team because it just never happened and since cronin showed up they've made it every year they've never missed so to be fair the colorado eagles as an organization have never missed Right, but when they made the jump from the ECHL to the AHL, they were in a whole different ball game. And, not wrong. And like the Evs also knew that hey, they were going to have to make a commitment to the Eagles that they could not have like the monsters tenure repeat yeah. itself. Well, and what what excites me this year about the AHL is I do think we're starting to move away from do whatever it takes to make the playoffs to they're a playoff team. And we're seeing more opportunity for the prospects, particularly in the Eagles top six. Yeah. Their forward core really. And like their defense doesn't really have much in the way of prospects there. anymore. the pool is just empty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like Ravalov is in, and and Clerman are like the only guys that I guess Wyatt Amott 
uh, if you if you want to consider them like prospects, yeah. yeah, that's fine. They're on NHL deals, so I guess it's fair to call them a prospect. But um, their forward core, they really have leaned hard into letting the kids really be the you know the the driving force. I mean, Shane Bowers. Well, we're not even talking about the guy. Shane Bowers is off to a great start in the yeah. NHL this year. Yeah, picked up a goal the other night too. So, so and then you watch those games. Impact player all over the ice. He's he shows up, and yep. he's he's showing up in the AHL in a way that he has really struggled to uh, in the past. You know, and there there are so many reasons for the Bowers struggles over the years. But uh, if he's you know healthy and just getting a job that he gets to go out and just play every night. Um, that's really, I think, what he needed, and that's what he's gotten so far. And the results are good. Yep. Uh, and, you know, but Maltsev, before he got called up, Maltsev was doing well. Cout had, like, a good couple of games. Like, you know. Yep. Anyway. And I, for right now, I would, to answer Luke's question, I, I'm happy with Crow uh, as, as, as leading the AHL team. Um, they're on the same page with the NHL club. Everybody feels good about everything. The arrangement really has uh, been fine. Um, you can make the argument that it hasn't borne a lot of fruit in terms of prospect graduations yet, but, and fair enough. Like if that's how you're measuring it, then Cronin has not been successful, but there's so much more to it of being the AHL coach than just that, than yeah. just, do you get players to the NHL? Uh, and do they, do they hang out in the, in the league? And then, Obviously, the complication of the abs being as good as they've been uh, changes it because you know. it's hard to get a spot. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hard to win a job. And team's pretty good. One more question for period one here: Can Jean Luc Foodie dunk? I'd be willing to bet no. I would bet no as well. But um, maybe the next time that Megan is up there, if he doesn't run away from her again. Uh, <laughs> get that question asked yeah she can ask him uh all right we are brought to you by pins and aces the official golf apparel merchandiser of dnvr you can go over to pinsandaces.com and use code dnvr to get 15 percent off your first order and get free shipping uh, they have a bunch of awesome stuff polos hats golf bags everyone's favorite the beer sleeve hold seven beers goes right in your golf bag you can bring them right onto the course keeps them nice and cool amazing work from pins and aces go check them out again at pinsandaces.com. we're also brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook you can go over to draftkings.com oh okay that wasn't that bad wasn't that bless bad. you thank you uh go over to DraftKings. It's really quite manageable slash, given yeah. given the way that they those things pop up mid-sentence <laughs> Go to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Uh, when you go over there, use code DNVR on a new account. You bet $5, you can get $200 in free bets. When you bet on an NBA team to win their next game, if they do, you get the $200 in free bets, which you can then turn around and, and bet on whatever you're feeling, whether it be the NHL, the NBA, any other crazy sport you want to bet on. It, you can pretty much bet on it no matter what it is. There was uh, the International for Dota last week. That was fun. I made a little bit of money on that. Uh, League of Legends World yep. has been going on for a few weeks now. It has uh, been. Yep, you can bet on that as well. Yeah. So. It's, I've enjoyed watching. Man, 
when I saw Amumu getting played, I just cried. <laughs> you were about it. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, because that was my he was my main when back when I played league, and he never got picked in the pro scene for like ten years. And then he was a priority pick at the start of Worlds, and I was like, oh, I gotta watch Worlds now. <laughs> All right. And it's been been normal Worlds. Korea dominates. Oh yeah, and that standard World stuff there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so head on America over. Showed up. <laughs> head on over to DraftKings. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Answering some questions today. Uh, this one comes from Casey, who asks, if you had, if you all had to pick one, would you rather the Avs switch to their two stadium series kits as their full-time uniforms or have them officially rebranded as the Rocky Mountain Extreme? I don't care. <laughs> I think Colorado Avalanche is a super cool team name. Rocky Mountain Extreme would be super cool in a really, like, Mountain Dew sort of way. Different way, for sure. Yeah. Um, I... I'd care. go extreme. I'd go extreme just because the, that home jersey would be absolutely hideous. Yeah, I will say the one, I mean, you could always, like, how long do you have to keep the jersey, right? Right, like, is it, right. Is it one year that you roll with it and are like, this is a nightmare? <laughs> and then you're just like, okay. Like, the away is fine with the, with the C on it and Avs colors, fine. Yeah, the stolen Cubs logo, it's whatever. Yeah. That doesn't but the, the home would be would be truly terrible. So, yeah. Um, if you could give me the uh, practice jersey from the lot from the oh, absolutely uh, Air Force uh, Stadium Series game, then I'm the in. practice jerseys can be the home. I'm about it. Yeah. See, I know you think they're supposed to both be evil options, but we're two '90s kids, so <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> Rocky Mountain Extreme. You serious? Sounds fun. <laughs> Sounds like a minor league baseball team. Uh, I don't know. I will tell you, it would be really weird to see Rocky Mountain Extreme engraved on the Stanley Cup. That would be strange. Would definitely be strange. That actually feels a little taboo now that I'm thinking about it with the <laughs> like the giant X, like Extreme. Uh, uh. Next question from Justin. What's your take on the first almost 10 games? Are the Avs better than last year? Is Georgiev emerging as a top tender in the league? No, they're definitely not better than last year. Uh, Georgiev has a long way to go to be a top 10 tender in the league. Um, early take, the early returns are positive. They have a really big 5v5 problem that's developed. They have uh, a really a really top heavy group uh, and the depth hasn't really stepped up yet. Alex Newick has zero points. Evan Rodriguez has two. Um, I think JT Comfer has one assist. You know, like yep. you're really not getting a lot um, out of, you've got four forwards who are giving you points and Lekkanen of those four, like Lekkanen is the fourth where he hasn't really been overly dangerous 
uh, in yeah. like a week. You Outside know? of the first game of the season. Yeah, like the very start of the, those first couple of games, it was like, wow, Arturi Lekkinen looks great, but <laughs> it hasn't really continued. It's not that he's been bad. He has five points in seven games. Like, let's not, you know, but it's, it's like Andrew Cogliano has three points. Yep. You know, like if, if you're getting outscored by Andrew Cogliano. Yeah. Uh, and I do think it is a disappointment. New hook, no points. Comfort, one point. LOC has two points. Uh, Rodriguez, two points. Like your your defense is really doing a lot of heavy lifting here. Uh, one, it's 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 a weird even then, right? Both of LOC's points are shorthanded. Yeah. Like they're not really doing anything at five on five. Yeah, when when you're looking at the five on five play, that third line doesn't do anything. The fourth line barely plays. Yep. And so you have half of your forward core accomplishing nothing. Yep. Uh and then Rodriguez, uh Rodriguez, same thing, both the physicals, uh power play. He's got he's got one power play goal and one yep. even strength goal. And then like half of Nuke's production is on the power play too, even right. on the second even, line. Yeah. Even when you look at Val Nachushkin, yeah, you are talking about that dude. Yeah, he has six six of his points or power play points. So, uh, like, yeah, they've got a problem there. Um, we knew that we knew that there was. You wanted New Hook to come out a little faster than this in the production department, but also, we watched and he's had some up and down games. It's not like he's been so good and he's just so snake bit or whatever. Um. But he has had games where he's been really dangerous. Like, Philip Grubauer stopped him from having, like, a three-point night against Seattle that game. Like, he yep. was awesome that night. I, he was one of their only good skaters in that game. He just needs to get one, and I think the floodgates will open. But Yeah, it, so it, like, early returns, the, the defense is a lot better, I think. It's a I lot see, deeper. I, I agree there. I, I see the comment in chat about Kadri. The Avs didn't have $7 million to spend on him. It's just... Yeah. Like this, this idea that okay, okay, like you have Nazem Kadri, you have him for seven years. Uh, you're you're taking on a hundred percent of the aging risk. You have all your full boat, right? Like you're taking on the full boat of the downsides of that contract, uh, and and looking at it six games in and being like, well, Kadri would help. Yeah, of course he would. Uh, but how much longer is he going to be that caliber of player? And and again, it's not. Oh, the Avs just have Kadri. If they have Kadri, that means yeah. they probably there's don't no Josh Manson. Have Josh Manson probably a, don't have Comfer. Yeah, uh, they probably don't sign Val Nichushkin. Or or that's the other option. Yeah, and because they wouldn't, you Josh Manson alone doesn't pay for Nazem Kadri. Yep. So, you know, uh, you you needed there needed to be something else. It, like we knew that. We, we knew that it was going to be tough when you lose. Nazem Kadri had 80-plus points last year. Andre Borkovsky had 61 points last year. You knew it was going to be hard, and it is. You're at the start of the year. It's tough. You're asking Alex Newhook, who'd never done it before, and Evan Rodriguez, who kind of did it last year. Like, you're asking those guys to step into those roles, and, you know, We'll we'll see how it goes. Semi topical question there from the Evan Rodriguez Stan account. 
lots of award talk on the last show. Does Erod get more Selkie votes this year on the Avs than he did last year? No, I agree. I I, I think uh, look, if Landy was healthy and Rodriguez was their third line yeah. center, and that line was having was going, you know, off, was yeah. was all world defensively, you could have the conversation. Um. I mentioned it last night. I or yeah, on yesterday's show, I personally would not be giving uh, Selkie votes to depth guys like that if you're not playing against the best of the best. You can't argue that you're the best. Even even if you're okay with giving depth guys Selkie votes, you're looking at the Avs roster, and there are better defensive forwards above him in the lineup. So it becomes really hard to give him the votes. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, it really does, but he is off to a really good start uh, analytically. He has lived up to his reputation, um, so it's that's great, but uh, in terms of Selkie votes, no. Um, mayo on a burrito or pickle-flavored pancakes? Yeah, mayo on a burrito. I mean, it's not so bad i mean i probably wouldn't enjoy it all that much like but what else is in the burrito pickle flavored pancake sounds genuinely disgusting yeah like, i mean that's even horrific. as someone who likes pickles what the hell yeah you made that too easy <laughs> that's nasty like that's just nasty <laughs> like why would you ruin a perfect food such as a pancake <laughs> uh Way too early trade targets. Uh, they say don't say Taves and Kane, but Jonathan Taves. <laughs> yeah, well, so right now, if you're talking about you've got a center problem uh, and your asset, you're you're struggling with the assets like the Avs are, where their best assets are Sean Barron's, Oscar Olsson, and uh, their, their first, first round pick this year. Yeah. Those are their three best assets. You really don't want to move those. Yeah. You really don't want to move those. The appeal of Jonathan Taves would be that he's not going to cost he's not going to cost you any of those. He's just not. He's not going to be worth any of that. Uh even he's he's off to a good start this year, but it's not the kind of start that is like, well, maybe a first round pick. You know, it's it's not that kind of start. It's it he's off to a it's better, but you're talking like a third round pick for that guy right now. Yep. Right now, we'll we'll see at the deadline if it gets more competitive. That might get bumped up to a second, which is hard for Colorado because they don't have one. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think they have a twenty twenty five second. That yeah. If they want to go three so, years into the future. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but like I see Kevin continues to bring up Bo Horvat like that's the answer to everything. But uh, that's gonna that's gonna take more assets. Also, Bo Horvat Bo, Bo Horvat is wildly overrated. Uh, and I don't know if you guys know this, but gets chewed up defensively. Um, has for a couple of years. Uh, I really like Bo Horvat. He's like my like weak spot in terms of the archetype of player. But when I'm being objective about it and not just being like, but I love watching him play. Don't you understand that that matters to me? Like, if I'm being objective and I take into the into account the analytics and the actual on-ice results and everything else that happens, uh, Horvat is absolutely not worth. Especially for a pending free agent. Like, you don't want to you don't want to continue the cycle of you're giving up a bunch of assets for guys that you hope want to sign with you at the end of the year. 
because um, like last year with Manson and Lekkonen and Cogliano, that's the rarity. That is not a thing that happens. Could you? So, you know. Could you be talked into a more of a depth option? So the one the one guy that I am keeping my eye on, my the problem here is that his salary is too high. Okay. Uh but Anthony Beauvillier out of the Islanders is a guy oh, that I'm really keeping an eye on. You're speaking my language. I'm all because about that is a that is a versatile guy. For me, there's your JT Comfort replacement. Yep. Um and, and like this year you acquire him and you keep him. Obviously, he's on your team. Uh but then uh, when Comfort leaves in the offseason, you have that extra year of him. Yeah. yeah, you're good there. Uh, but I think I think Beauvillier would be a guy that look if the Islanders continue to toil at the bottom of their division and they're not on the outside of the playoff race, um, that's a guy that I've I've got eyes for that guy. Uh, knowing that they also have, you know, the they've got they've got their own issues on uh, on the island right now, so. Um, that's the, like Jonathan Taves, Bull Horvat, you know, those are the easy big names off the top of your head that are, that, that like, oh, Hey, these guys will headline the deadline. Oh, yep. that's a, that's a, that's a fun way to put that headline the deadline. Yeah. Um, I am, um, I am curious to see, like, obviously what happens in Vancouver? How does that further develop? Sure. Um, if, if they continue they to just fall guys. off the face of the earth, yeah. Yeah, you know, because I I openly wonder about a guy like Brock Besser. Now that's again, that's costly. Yeah. But he's at least signed for a couple of years. Um it doesn't really like it doesn't address obviously a center issue and he's injury prone. Uh and there are fair questions to ask of how good is he like how much does he really, really push you forward? Um, but I, you know, I wonder about that. Uh, I, I wonder about a guy like that. Connor Garland is a hard no for me. Um, I think Connor Garland is your classic archetype of a uh, of an empty points guy, uh, a guy that a guy that can produce points on bad teams because he gets put in lots of advantageous positions. And then when he gets on a good team, a serious team, he's going to disappear. I'm, I'm out. I'm not interested in Garland at all. Rich man's Rocco Grimaldi. Yeah. Like he's a fine NHL player and all, but are you winning a Stanley cup with Connor Garland as an important part of your team? For me, for me, the answer is no. I mean, I think Garland probably ends up as a third liner on this team if they were to go get him. So, uh, yeah, anyway. and, well, and then he's signed for yeah a, long a billion time. years. Yeah, there's some appeal in that because Colorado going out and getting guys and having to like figure that out. Oh, what are these unknown numbers all the time can be difficult. But until you know what's going on with Byram's next deal, uh, until you know what's going on with New Hook's next deal, uh, I do think it is hard to import that kind of money uh, into your into your structure. But you know. Uh, and, and like, look, like it's not even just those guys. You're seriously concerned about bringing back Devontae's. Yeah. There's a lot of questions in the next two years. The abs are going to yeah. have to answer. Do you, do you want to commit? Do you want to commit to, um, do, do you want to commit to 
a guy like a Besser or a Garland or whatever, you know, one of these guys, even a guy like Beauvillier. Uh, do you want to commit to those guys? Do you want to commit to their money? And then when it comes time, Devontae's walks because you committed to those guys. Now, hey, if you've won another Stanley Cup in that time, it's really, really, really hard to say it's not worth. It's hard to feel bad about it at that point. Yeah, really, really hard to say not worth. Um, but uh, I, for right now, um, I think, I think the the trade deadline stuff is is normally it's too early because it's just too early. Like, like there's just no need for it. But right now, it's too early because you don't you don't know what you're going to need in February. Well, you don't know who Rodriguez and New Hook are going to be. You don't know how they're going to develop. You don't know, you know, uh, look, like, what if what if one of these guys, uh, one of these, uh, these guys that they call up, what if a multiverse account sticks? Right. It, you know, it, then you don't need to go out and get another fourth-line guy at the deadline. It, well, it's not only you don't know what you need. You don't know what's out there. If Vancouver rebounds, they're not going to give away Bo Horvat if they're totally. back in the playoff picture in the Pacific Division. Yeah, I mean, if they're competitive, you know, if they're if they're within a handful of points and they're like, well, if things break our way for two weeks, you know, maybe we're in this thing. Yeah, they're not. They they probably won't be interested in that. So, yeah, I I just it's. The hard part when you talk, when we want to, normally when we talk about the deadline, it's just like, it's too early for this conversation because it's just, you know, it's just roster baiting for the, for purely for the pleasure of roster baiting. Absolutely. Um, Right now, the big thing with the abs is like, you just don't know what they're going to need help with. You know, I know that there are people that will be wildly confident and be like, this guy's not going to make it. He doesn't have it or, you know, like whatever. And they're just going to decide that they know what Colorado needs. But last year, the abs were, the abs, the abs were like top of the league. And they rolled into the, they rolled into the uh, trade deadline and added four guys. Yep. It, it, crazy stuff happens. Uh. You know, like they found they found a way to to get that much better at the deadline last year on a team that was already pretty damn good. All right. We need to change the trade deadline rules. Every GM has to blow a blood alcohol content level of at least 0.1 on trade deadline day. And they have to do it on TV. Yep. It has to all be like live and recorded. I'll tell uh, you Every call that they make that doesn't result in a deal, they have to take a shot. There we go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. If you want to keep up with that pace, go get yourself some Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. You can find that at your local liquor store using the Breck Beer Locator online, or of course, come on down to the DNVR bar where you can get it. Uh, eight different kinds on tap there. Check them out at breckbrew.com. Uh, you also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area, just 15 minutes from downtown over in Lakewood. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam with them, you get a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. So be sure to do that as well. The toothbrushes, it's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. How do y'all celebrate Halloween? Any music, movies, decorations, parties, etc.? I saw this question just honestly felt bad. Because <laughs> it's like... We don't really, yeah. 
Like, you got the, if you'd swapped us out for Megan and Jesse, you probably have a much better chance of getting a good answer here. Those are two people that actually live their lives and have fun and, <laughs> you know, spend time with other human beings. Uh, the two of us don't really do stuff like that. For me, I don't really do anything for any holidays at this point in my life. Um, I celebrate my birthday. I've always really liked New Year's, but the people in my kind of inner circle don't. And the so always that's... play on New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, and like I've always like like going out after the game or whatever yeah, sure, has always sure. kind of been like, okay, well, let's do this thing or whatever. And 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 I've I like. That was the thing. I guess. I guess that's just a part of my life that's over, um, because the people around me just don't really, don't feel the same way about it as I do, uh, which is totally like, you know, I love those people to the point where it's like, it's all it's good. No big, it's no big deal. I think. Um, I I've tried to care about Christmas in recent years, uh, and all it does is really just make me angry. So, uh, you know. I've actually, for whatever reason, I've decided that I'm getting Z cool stuff for Christmas this year. Uh, even though we don't really do Christmas like that. Like, it's not really a thing. It's, but... You get married, and then your holiday thing is, yeah, I'm going to hang out with my wife. Well, and, like, honestly, that's what I've done the last couple Christmases anyway. Yeah. Like, before we got married, right? Like, it was like, yep. we're just going to spend our time together. The last uh... Christmas that we spent apart, uh, uh, I badly wanted to be spending with her. I was like texting her while I was out with other people, and it was like, um, anyway. Uh, for yeah. Halloween, I don't do anything. I've never done it, even as a kid. I I stopped dressing up. Uh, really, really young and like, like I dressed up. I did. I did like trick or treating in like a full costume, like a couple times. It, it was really just not my hey. thing. AJ doesn't need Christmas movies. That dude's already watching Hallmark Christmas movies on the weekends. Yeah, I mean, I used to love Thanksgiving because I loved the idea of having an excuse to get together with my family and have a huge thing. And I loved like like Thanksgiving food, like the meal kicks ass. I loved I loved Thanksgiving as a kid. Uh, and then, you know, my family sort of fell apart as I got older and it stopped being a thing. So... I don't really celebrate that shit anymore. I, I I think the last two years I've been on the road for Thanksgiving, um, and yeah. I will be again this year. So, yeah. You know. Um, I I did buy candy for the first time this year. Maybe we might actually get some trick or treaters here, so that could be that a thing. Uh, next question, Blake asks. There's been a lot of talk about the zone defensive system compared to the man defensive system around the NHL. Which one do y'all prefer, and why? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not like black and white like that. It's also yeah. how do you break out? It's how do you play in the neutral zone? Um Even... what are you asking of the players? What what personnel do you have to run those? Uh for it's... me, I'm going to prefer zone over man every it's... time. I as far as an in-zone defense, like in the defensive zone, there isn't really ever truly a man D because hockey is so fluid you're constantly switching you're constantly handing off players that yeah yes technically you have a, a man that you're marking in your area but it, it's always a pseudo zone it, outside of like very very specific players like teams love to mark specifically ovechkin guys like that you never really trade 
playing a true man. Yeah, I mean, we all remember Patrick Waugh when he got here, tried. Yep. The first, like, two months, he was like, this is how we're going to play. And it was horrific. Yep. Horrific. Uh, And, you know, not that his adjustments were so good, but things things did get a little bit better uh, when he gave up on that. Uh, but you're right in that, like a true man on man, it just doesn't really, it just doesn't really work. Um, it's not, it's not great because the the game is so fluid, and um, you know guys are constantly in motion. You got five guys that are doing stuff at all times. Yep. Uh, and, and then obviously special teams, you are forced into playing zone. Yeah, and those are. Dudes. Those are the you know the different systems for special teams are always I th- I find those a lot more interesting. Diamond versus box, baby. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, well, how do you, you know, like you want to play a little umbrella action and yeah. a little power play, or <laughs> you know, and anyway, I'm I'm more of a a, a zone defense truther, but. If you have really, really good players, you can get away with some. You can get away with some man, but the the problem becomes then you have to have really smart players that make yeah. all the right decisions. You, they have to understand the positioning so so well, and it puts a lot more emphasis on team defense than your defensemen themselves. Yep. Um, because if you're constantly handing off and switching and blah 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 blah, then you know. And obviously, team defense is already a primary, like the primary concept. Uh, is how they all work together, but I do think um, it's asking a lot. Uh, we can we can take some questions from the the live chat here. Oro asks, "What is your all time favorite hockey player name?" Um, it's Radic Bonk. Yeah, it might be Radic Bonk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I can't come up with an alternative, I think I'll have to. I'll default to using Radic Bonk as well. <laughs> it's a great name. It's truly a great name. It's an excellent hockey name, to say the least. Hayden Hockey, very good for a goaltender. I mean the the Avs traded for that guy, that goaltender whose last name was Wall. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And that was like, yeah, that's appropriate. <laughs> Is that a real person? Joran Van Pottelberg? Bergie? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, every every year somebody's like, Here are my t- here's my draft list of top prospects, and it's like the all-names list. There's, there's, and, it's a good one this year if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and, and like there are some tremendous names every year in the draft, but Radic Bonk is a great name. It's an all-timer, to say yeah, the least. It's a great name. <laughs> Imagine getting to go through life every day being Radic Bonk. Uh, Andy asks, is Landy going to Sweden? I know he won't play. I assume you mean Finland. I, I don't know. I don't know why he would go. Yeah, I mean, I guess just to be part of it, but it seems I'm, like if you're trying to rehab yeah, and exactly, yeah. just had surgery, uh, that may not be very... Sitting, sitting like that on a plane, even a charter plane... Uh, for that many hours, seems like it just would not be very fun. Yeah, I 
the the only reason I think he would go uh, would be if he's because he's captain and there's something that they're going to ask of him to be there. Yeah, try to give him any guns. Another great name. Uh, Byram for Pedersen. Never going to happen, but would you say yes? No. Me either. Why would I? Breaking up the best defense in the league is not the way. Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, getting another wing is what you need. Also true. Uh, Landy's surgery. I'm not sure if it was the same one he got. It was, it was the same. It was the same knee, right? But it was the same knee. It was a different surgery. Yeah. So. I know they said once they got back to training, it was bothering him. So they had to. Yeah. Go take another look at it. It was weird to see like him wandering around and doing all the all the things all the time, and then just being like, "Well, he's not even on the ice." And then he gets on the ice, and he's like, "It's bothering me." And it's like, "All right, let's clean this up." Hey, Jay, have you even listened to the T Swift album yet? No, yeah. Are you still I putting s- it off? Well, I'd started it, and then something came up. Uh, I was on the second song, and something came up, and I was like, "Okay, well, this feels like this feels like a." The universe is telling me I'm trying to force this. So, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, we've got so much time off in the next week that I will probably be cool. Like, I'll be get around to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been spending a lot of my, uh, the time that I would normally listen to music. I've been watching, I've been rewatching a show called Heart of Dixie. Oh, um, my God. Uh, yeah. Rewatching, by the way. I've already seen this shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Sometimes I sometimes I miss living in I don't know a small if I town in the south. Feel good or bad about the fact that I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw the saw the temporary locker room at the Coyotes rink and all. I'm not dunking on the. I'm not dunking on them, man. No, I, I just was, don't care. Like, well, and like everything in, that's been said has been said about it. They're like, in such a difficult situation, and. Yep. To see to see people like derive glee out of that and I, their suffering, weird. yeah, yeah, is because like sure the coyotes the, the coyotes there have been plenty of mistakes made, but at some point like you've you've got to you've got to just get over it and be like just let them let them be they've got to they've got to make the decisions that they've got to make to try and stay uh, and, and and to deal with the circumstances that they deal with like. I guess for me, I'm just, I'm really, I get, I get really worn down watching people constantly bag on them. Same. Um, and, and cause like the coyotes, like, and especially, you know, since we've gotten to know the their fan base a people, little, yeah. well, and like we've gotten to know their fan base a little bit better. Um, you really have a better appreciation yeah. for how much, like, is it a big fan base? No, not really, but. Uh, those people care a lot, and the well, constantly trying to drag it, that organization it, is just lame. It's exhausting for me. I can't even imagine what it's like for the team and the people who cover it. Like, yeah, and I understand why they're like as defensive as they are of it because uh, that's. I mean, the vote's it's supposed non-stop, to be in. Stop, man! It's been nonstop. Even, even when they were, even when they were good, you know, they're in the Western Conference Finals. You still have people from Canada that are like, 
move him to Quebec. Yeah, I, I, I mean, those people are okay, whatever. Um, they do have their vote on their new arena in a month, so hopefully that goes through for them. Yeah, and I hope they get it, and I hope that they stay, and I hope that they win a Stanley Cup someday. Yep. Uh, in Arizona, and you know, dunk on all the haters. Quebec can continue to claim the '96 Cup as their own. That's fine. I'm Stay happy mad. with that. Stay yeah. mad, Quebec. We're totally happy to share that with you. <laughs> is it is it still is it weird to you at all that the NHL is next to the NFL in terms of teams? Yeah. Like I was going through uh, some NBA things the other day. I was going through the NBA numbers and. I couldn't, it, it was blowing my mind that it stopped at 30. I, I just could not get it through my like, brain that the NBA stopped at 30. I, say whatever you want about Gary Bettman. You don't have to like the guy, but his lasting legacy is ab- absolutely going to be the expansion of the NHL and the growth of the game. Yeah, they've gone from what, 24 to 32 in, yep. his, in his time, something like that? Yep. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it slowed down quite a bit, obviously, because it went, you know, the expand it blew up yeah. uh, for a couple of years. In the early there. 90s there, it was popping off. <laughs> well, and then at the start of the 2000s, they bring in, what, two more teams. franchises? I mean. Because they brought, because it was, uh, it was Columbus. And Minnesota. Nash- Nashville, Minnesota. Nashville was late 90s, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because it was like, there was just like a couple year span yeah. there. Those teams all sort of came in together. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, wild, man. It, it's wild that that it, they're at 32. And I see the NFL talk about expansion sometimes. And I'm like, eh, their schedule at 32. You're already in 32 cities. Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I'm, I wonder when NBA expansion and MLB expansion might take place. Word on the street is Vegas and Seattle for the NBA. Yeah, and I, I'm really skeptical on Seattle because Seattle is the ultimate, the ultimate. Oh, you can't get an arena built? Well, we're gonna move you to Seattle. It's it's their Quebec for sure. Yeah, and knowing and like knowing that that's a viable location yeah. now and and knowing the history and how badly the league wants a team back there or whatever i wonder if seattle is more valuable to the nba as as the constant threat of relocation yeah. yep um versus actually just dropping a team there i would love for them to drop a team back in there though i you know vegas also um baseball uh, has been yeah. talked about mlb has talked about oh, they have uh, but they're, they're probably going to move the A's, right? Um, yeah. We'll see, I mean, that's been both the A's and the and Tampa Bay, um, the A's and Rays, both of them. Well, well, Tampa need, was the Montreal conversation, play. right? But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they need somewhere to play. Where would you want to see an international game? Uh, Bulgaria. There you go. For Georgiev. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that, like, there's a ton of other ones now that they're getting Finland. They've done Sweden. They, uh, the Avs didn't do it, but Nashville did Czechia. Yeah. I mean, uh, Germany would be cool. 
Germany would There's, be cool. This is, this is such a good generation of German players. Yeah. Uh, Paterka has broken in full-time. Uh, Reichel will be a full-timer next year in Chicago. Uh, obviously, you, you still have Grubauer and Dreisaitl. Yep. Uh, Stutzla in Ottawa. Like you, There's a lot. Some, yeah. yeah, you've got... It's it's a great German generation for them to to have an excuse to do that. It would be really cool. My uh my argument is just have the NHL join the Champions League. I think that'd be fun. But anyway. Uh okay. I don't I'm I not really forget that. I always forget most fighters German. He is German, yeah. Yeah, I always forget about it. He plays for Detroit, so I just think he's naturally Swedish. No, I think all their guys are Swedish. Seeing any other questions, so we're gonna wrap it up for today. We appreciate all y'all hanging out, asking questions, listening to answers. Uh, tomorrow, obviously, game day. We'll game have day. a pregame. Got the Devils post game. Did you see that weird ass fog they had to practice in yesterday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was intense, man. I was like, dude, I would I would take two steps on that ice and say I'm I'm good. Nope. Do you do you remember? I don't know if you were going to training camps back then, but uh I think it was Wa's first year. They had such a problem with the ice. The temperature was all messed up, yeah, the whole thing was fogged, fogged out. Completely out. Yep. And they couldn't use they couldn't use that rink. Uh, and so we had to use the other yeah, rink, the, and then they just you, like, shut you it had down. the one rink, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was a wild day because they tried, and guys were just eating it, and it was it was such a no go that they were like, "We're going to destroy this ice if we continue." Yep. Uh, two things. One, we already mentioned it, but Megan's piece on Kevin McDonald, definitely yep. check that one out. It's a really good one. Uh, and two. Probably not today because he's traveling all day, but starting this weekend, keep an eye out for for a lot of stuff coming from Jesse in Finland. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff planned on that on social media and YouTube and all of that stuff. So that should be fun. Uh, but for today, we're going to get out of here. We appreciate all y'all. Until next time, we will talk to you later.